Dominique, we have we have. OK, you may be wondering what's happening right now. If you're tuning into our fake television show, uh, Mita Kimes will join us in a second here. We're going to talk about all sorts of like good football stories. What do we have, Dominique? We have Aaron Rodgers. There is Tony trade. We got Giants versus Seahawks. We got Chase getting injured. All types of awesome football footballness. But first, some opposite of awesome football <laughs> footballness because Thursday night football in general has been bad for about seven weeks. We can be honest about that, but this game tonight, we just watched the Ravens in Tampa. Um, it, it, it's weird <laughs> to feel bad for Tom Brady in a sense because he has just he had at least everything going right for him. And now I, I wonder if you feel for him, Dominique, watching the Bucks just be. I mean, no more than bad, no more than blandly bad. No know? more than anybody else on the team. Like it sucks for all of them. <laughs> like I, I don't I don't have any special place in my heart for the pain that Tom Brady is going through any more than I do for for White or David, which like actually I feel worse for them because the Ravens ran the ball at will on those linebackers and that defense that at one point beginning of the season, we thought was one of the best defenses in football. So that was shockingly bad, but I guess it's more fun for us just to watch how angry and frustrated Tom Brady got all night when he got hit a lot more than he used to. It, it seemed clear that Mike Evans was running incorrect routes at some point. They get in the red zone and just rack up the penalties and just fall out. Tom Brady threw an interceptable pass in the back of the end zone yes. that he was lucky got dropped it just except for their I guess it was their second drive oh I forgot about the muffed punt but except for their <laughs> second drive it just looked like embarrassingly the, the bad but it's been like that all, all well not all season but for much of the season is what we expected yeah no this is the story now although the story featuring a muffed punt that was just like a scene from a bad ninja movie where it's just like why why is why are they running into none of it the guys running into each other none of it it's just like this is dumb all of this it, it all looks very dumb and i wonder dominique like as i try to be smarter about like why this is actually not just bad but a mixture of blandly bad and then just embarrassing yeah. like let's start with the run defense like this was the part of the team that was key to their Super Bowl. And right. I did not think that this would be what it looked like. But why does it look like this? Yeah, I mean, the Super Bowl they won two years ago uh, throughout the playoffs. Tom Brady was kind of carried by how well that defense played. And they played well last year. Also, at the beginning of this year against the Cowboys, we were like, right, that might be the best defense in football. But it was just bad. And they were like, the same issues that they had last week and the same issues that they've been having for much of the season is like they're not consistent with their responsibilities and run gaps. And also you should give some credit to the Ravens. They did a good job, but oftentimes you're supposed to keep the offensive line, like the D line's responsibility is to keep the offensive lineman off of the linebackers. That wasn't happening. Like, I think Lindenbaum, the rookie center for the Ravens, might be the second best offensive player on the Ravens, in part because all their other offensive players got hurt and because he seemed like he spent his whole game on the second level in the lap of the linebackers, which you can't do much with it. If uh, once the Ravens figure it out, we need to stop throwing the ball. Because the first half, I think they threw like 
60 percent of time yeah they threw yeah. 30 times lamar did which is like most in a half yeah two him. two yeah and it was like to like 14 runs or something like that or maybe it wasn't that much but anyway they threw it a lot in the first half then in the second half you said they said you know what uh our best player on offense is hurt the tight end andrews yeah. our number one receiver bateman is not out there and how about we just run the ball and gus got hurt too they're right. one of their best gus running Edwards backs got hurt he was leading the team in rushing i mean yeah. the, but the number just not, not to do the thing i love to do it turns out on the show which is just to say some names let's name some guys <laughs> oh, yeah. but name like them. isaiah likely is like the oh. number one receiver on this team now right i mean yeah I'm looking at Duvernay, like, yeah. yes, great. You're Robinson here. was the leading receiver at one point, I think. Robinson, like, yep, 64 I, Honestly, yards. I didn't even know he was on the team. Like, last time I remember him, he was catching passes from Patrick Mahomes. But uh, obviously, we know Lamar Jackson, no disrespect to Mark Andrews. He was great in college. He's always great. He's really good. But Lamar going to throw it to the tight end. That's one thing I know <laughs> is it don't matter who's out there. He going to throw it to the damn tight end. That's his favorite. He was feeding likely and likely was making plays. Who He kind of seems like a very athletic receiver. I saw that early in the season from them in their first couple games. He dropped some passes. It was concerning, but he was getting open and he wasn't dropping them tonight. No. So can we talk about what it's like if you're on the team that I did admittedly overlook like the rest of the guys who are not Tom Brady like you go to work tomorrow Ugh. and what does this feel like hell so like every football because it's a full week and the games and there's so few games the games feel so important and there's such a commitment to playing it by that I mean your body is going to hurt no matter what losing a football game is really terrible Losing two in a row is really bad. Losing three in a row uh, and some that you're expected to win is awful. And you have you the day after the game, you watch the film, you get your grade. So the coaches normally stay up late the night of a game or wake up early and go through the film and grade all the players. And then there are specific plays that you have to go through. You normally go through the entire game and the coach Ugh. speaks to the coaching point. So like, Different teams do it differently. So they're like specific plays sometimes where you have a team meeting. Everybody needs to see these plays. Then you go to your unit meeting. Every offensive player or defensive player needs to see these plays. And then you go to your position meeting. Then you go through every single play of the entire game and you discuss it. It is terrible <laughs> wait, wait. if you lose. Wait, so uh, to what degree is that? Hold up, we're not done. You, how, got, you, is, got special, you got special teams meeting, too. And go there and talk uh, about how you don't run into the punt return. Like, <laughs> it's really, really bad after you lose. And if you're like, you're winning a bunch, it's just one loss. It's not that bad. It sucks because no one likes to lose. And you kind of have to pretend like you're sadder than you actually are. Right. But it still sucks. But if you just get in your, when you have expectations, too, you just get your ass beat. And like some of those replays that they showed where they're like getting pushed around, that is not fun because on the TV copy, not everybody can see you get pushed around and not everyone so, came. No, not everyone cares. And in the meeting, the coach is going to stop it. He's going to take the red pointer and he's going to point to you and everybody is going to watch you get mashed. All right, no, I'm done. No, but that was my question was when you say discussion, what I mean, look, so I want to I want to frame the context here, right? Because <laughs> they lose to the Steelers. 
by two. They lose to the Panthers in the worst loss of the season by 18 last week, and now they lose by five to the Ravens. To what extent is there discussion when you say you have to discuss this stuff? What does the like? Do you defend yourself? Are you no, supposed no, no, no. to like? What happens? No, you sit to... there quietly and take it. I mean, when you when you win in their bad plays, we all laugh at each other. When you lose in their bad plays, we sit there <laughs> quietly and and we hope that you run out of time or you hope that somebody else was worse on that play so the coach <laughs> can focus on that because it does not feel good to have that happen. And the, sometimes, particularly when there's like a losing streak, the coaches like ask questions that aren't actually questions but are really just insults, dis- disguises questions. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if you want to be here or not. Do you care? Is this is this important to you? Does your I mean uh, do your brothers? Do you care about your brothers? We all we supposed to be a family. Are we gonna? Are you gonna stand up? Or you got? Do you have personal pride? That's what I want to yeah. know. Is this how you treat people yeah. that you love? <laughs> uh, did, yeah. Um. Did you study? We knew. We knew what they like to do on third down. We knew it. Did you? And I told you what it was going to be yeah. before. Oh, do you study? Oh. Did oh, you, you watch film? Oh, did you play in this game? Yeah, <laughs> that's it. It's a lot. It's a lot of insults, disguises, questions. Just a. It's just so much. I. It, it's. It's. It. The uncomfortable part of that is that it. You're describing it going from aggressive to passive aggressive. Oh, yeah. And I feel like in the language of football, when you get to the point, the point where it's just like everybody knows that everyone has has. Fucked up. <laughs> the only solace is that when the film is as bad as I think it's going to be, everybody's going to feel bad. Everybody's going to be embarrassed. So we're going to wallow in it together. So not one person is going to be ashamed when you go out because you have to go run afterwards. I don't know. Like some <laughs> science tells you that uh, it gets the lactic acid out and I just feel oh, like yeah. abuse. toxins. Yeah, toxins. whatever. Right. Yeah, right, the, right. the toxins are not in your body. They got knocked <laughs> out of you by, by the Baltimore Ravens who didn't even play all that well, but kind of pushed them around. And, and football is so is so like masculine and like hyper masculine that the way that they lost to is real bad. It's going to yeah. be a lot of masculinity questioning. A lot of it's like, do you want? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it's, it's bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. How big are the animals inside of you? <laughs> yes. which, which animals are we talking about? Yeah, you got cat in there? Because I'm looking just, for guys with dogs. That's, <laughs> that's going to be one of those. That's exactly how it's going to be. <laughs> All right. So we're sitting here. I do feel like time has run out on us, thankfully, oh, mercifully. So can we bring in Mina? Can we throw a segue to ourselves maybe on the back end of this? I like it. Okay, we're going to start this segment talking about two surprisingly good teams. And my question for you all, which team would your perception of change more with the win this weekend, the Seahawks or the Giants? So the Seahawks are 4-3, and three, the Giants are 6-1, and one, um, or in the minds of many NFL analysts, like, 4-3. Uh, and three. So <laughs> to me, like, I didn't realize I needed to pay attention to the Seahawks. So that's my easy answer off top here. Yes, the Seahawks would tell me something. Hmm. I don't think so. The question for the Giants in particular, and I guess both of these teams is, are they for real? And if we're questioning if either team is for real, perception can't be changed by beating a other team that we're unsure if they're for real or not. So like if somebody gets their asses kicked, then maybe perception will change. But y'all got to beat some big dogs before we can start saying. And also, at least in the Giants case, beat them in a way that we feel like is like sustainable. And, mm. and can happen in the playoffs. At least the Seahawks have a quarterback who can throw the ball downfield, which 
or actually that's not fair. They have receivers when healthy who are capable downfield because I am pro Daniel Jones. I'm all on the Daniel Jones. <laughs> These legal disclaimers. Trend. Yeah. I don't even Dominic just bounced from like so many things he didn't believe. I and I don't even know which of his takes he Schrodinger's stands Schrodinger's big dog. That's what I was going to say. The only thing I came away from y'all got to meet some big dogs, which uh, would ironically make a good magical. big dog t-shirt. <laughs> Dominic, do you remember that, big dog t-shirts? Edit that t-shirt. Oh, yeah, yes. of edit course I remember off, those please. t-shirts. I never had, like, I don't think they were, they were for me. I, they were like and one cousins, right? Yeah, it was like was, big dog perfect. and and one. They were like, like the time. Was, I mean, it was white, right? It's like it was, <laughs> yeah. big dog is white and one, right? Um. So the phrasing of this question was very sneaky, uh, which was who would change our perceptions more, not who we think would win, how do we think the game would go? No, because it's really more about what do people believe these teams are. And Pablo, you're absolutely right. I think people uh, sort of think that the Giants are worse than their record. And I actually think the Seahawks, there might be, they might be more in the underrated category because they're, yeah, they're four and three and offenses look so good lately. So to go back to the question, I would say that Giants beating the Seahawks would register in people's minds as a quality win. Yeah. Which is why mm. the Seahawks are favored in this game, despite having an inferior record. Um, this is the best game of the weekend, which is I want to build a time machine and go back and tell myself it would be better than Packers Bills, uh, which is incredible. <laughs> but I'm really, I, I'm, I'm really excited to see how Geno Smith plays against uh, Wink Martindale's defense, the very blitz-happy defense, of course. And then I'm excited to see whether the improvement we've seen from Seattle's defense over the last couple of weeks continues here, because the Giants, of course, have a very unique and specific offense. Uh, so a lot of it comes down to game planning. The the idea that a team needs to be a big beat a big dog or be a big dog, I think, doesn't matter nearly as much as I'm just it's just hitting me that there aren't that many big dogs in NFC. So like if I'm no. gonna keep talking bad about the Giants, I have to take into into take in the context that they might be the biggest of all the small dogs. They're in a Chihuahua pack right now. And it's like the Eagles out front the, is a big giant Doberman, the Cowboys, I don't know, what's smaller than a Doberman? Like, uh, actually, Plenty. no, they're not that small. <laughs> so the reason why we think the Seahawks are better now, Mina, you alluded to some reasons why they seem to be twice as good as I thought they were, right? The defense is playing better. Geno Smith is better than we thought. Does this feel sustainable? You watch this team closer yeah. than anybody that we could imagine. Like, does this actually feel sustainable? Well, I think the question is, what is this? Uh, do, do they, the fact that they look competitive feel sustainable? Yeah. I, I don't think they're one of the proverbial big dogs. Um, I would not put them in that top tier of playoff contenders, but I would say they're frisky. You know, that Geno Smith, I feel like his play is sustainable because actually over the frisky, course of the season, we've seen him have ups and downs. You know, he hasn't always been perfect, but when he has had his downs, and most recently, like a couple of weeks ago against Arizona, for example, the defense stepped up. And I actually think the defense has been the improvement we've seen over the last two weeks makes sense, given that it's such a young unit. It's a young team on both sides of the ball. So it's not beyond the pale that they might get better as the season goes along. Mm. So who's going to win? I've got Seattle. Yeah, me too. I don't know. I saw that video of Brian Dable celebrating 
after beating the Jags with a cigar, oh. like one one like just stump in his mouth. I was like, yeah, this this I, this Tony I, Soprano thing, I'm kind of into. I thought I thought I'm it was digging. gonna be a like a locker room white coach does gritty dance. I'm glad to I, hear it was just a cigar. Oh, yeah. Is that that's played now, right? I feel like after Roy Have Williams, seen a white coat. Uh, hmm. After Roy Williams did it with the Tar Heels, like no more. It's no longer. Cold. Oh yeah, that was the that was the he killed it. Before. He crushed it. We yes. also left out the person in the NFL most likely <laughs> to be sponsored by Big Dog, which was actually Dan Campbell, who is like a human oh, Big Dog T-shirt. Oh. He's like if you took every Big Dog T-shirt, everything said on them, and combined them into one person, <laughs> it would be Dan. Yeah, Campbell. if you can't run with Dan Campbell, stay on the porch. <laughs> Let's move on. But before we do, I I do have to mention that Big Dogs did sponsor my men's league softball team before the pandemic. <laughs> but I digress. Um, what? That is why you are the most alabaster of kids, my friend. Uh, Goodness gracious. But I digress. Let's let's move on. The question, the question I have for you. All right. Is Kadarius Tony a bigger addition for the Chiefs? Or is Jamar Chase's hip injury a bigger loss for the Bengals? So real quick on Kadarius Tony, who has now tweeted and deleted things that appear to indicate that maybe he was not injured and or is not injured, but used to be. Um, I understand that Patrick Mahomes now has another weapon, which means that all the stuff about how he didn't need more weapons seems like, okay, maybe not as true anymore. But the Chase thing, I did not see coming at all. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I think so. Yeah, the Chiefs are always amongst the best offenses in football. So adding another receiver that I guess will not have like a substantive change to how productive they are or efficient they are in the season. But I do think that depending on the like amount of plays that Kadarius Tony actually gives them healthy, this does to me, make them a real legitimate or a more legitimate mm. competitor to the Bills. Because as I said in the past, I thought the difference between these two teams is Stephon Diggs, and they have Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis. Like having that, uh, those big threat players, I think makes their offense uh, more explosive. I guess you could also look to the weakness on the Chiefs defense, but we don't care about that because all we care about is quarterbacks and how many yards they throw for. So I do think that if Kadarius Tony can add a Tyreek Hill-esque uh, like a contribution to this offense, it could mean a lot. However, Jamar Chase is all of the Bengals' offense. You don't have Jamar Chase. You don't got an offense. And in a division that is wide open because the Ravens yeah. want to yes. lose a lot of games that they should win, this could put them out of the hunt. I mean, the chase loss is just brutal for a Chiefs, uh, Cincinnati offense that over the last few weeks finally seemed to be getting yeah. back on track um, for a litany of reasons, one of which was they started just going entirely to the gun and spreading things out. And Joe Mixon was having a lot of success running into the light boxes, one encounters when Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, their receivers. Uh, it's not going to be the same now with Chase because he completely dictates how defenses play you and defenses are just not going to have to play them the same way. I mean, Chase is so unique in that he's both a deep threat and a yards after the catch monster. Um, T Higgins is very good and, you know, honestly would be, he's probably the best, I mean, Davis is up there. He's one of the best number twos yeah. in the NFL, but he's not Jamar Chase. So yeah. this is, it's a brutal loss for them. As far as Tony goes, he's kind of all potential at this point. Um, when you watch him, it looks insane. It looks like a video game. Like I, 
I don't know if I've ever seen a player move the way he does. And I am not being hyperbolic. Like it is crazy. Mm. He's like a total jitterbug. However, that has not translated into anything on the field at this point. This is all potential, but it's potential that the Chiefs clearly believe uh, is going to translate to something because a conditional third round, which is pick, which is what that was they my question, for him, was what is the not, price tag indicate? Yeah, yeah, that's not insignificant. Like, if assuming that could turn into a second, that's meaningful. That's one Dominique Foxworth. I'll have you know, <laughs> conditional third round picks are valuable as hell. So they must think Kadarius Tony is on a Hall of Fame pace. What happened to that uh, pick? Uh, it, no, I'm saying yeah. that's that's where I was drafted, not the pick that I was trying oh, for. I was drafted okay, yeah. in the conditional portion of the third round. I normally don't tell people that because it's like technically the fourth round, but I mean, <laughs> no I mean, it's actually the third round. <laughs> uh, unconditional. Wow. No, I think I was the ninety. I was the ninety seventh. Conditional. The ninety seventh pick, rounder. which is technically in the third round, but do a little quick math. You're the ninety seventh pick. You're actually after yeah but anyway. so you're like you're like you're like no i didn't get a b plus i got an a minus mine no it was back the whole, it was in back in the uh, days uh, when there was two days of the draft so it didn't matter yeah i went on day one it was the people who were at my house did not were not embarrassed walking out like ooh, that's ugly also pablo that's not really a difference between an a minus and b plus that's more like a, a c plus and a b minus that's <laughs> <laughs> Okay, quick interjection. And I want to ask about the Jamar Chase of this, because to your point, Dominique, you said he is the Bengals offense, but Joe Burrow has just started to get rolling. And do you think that they can stay afloat for the next four to six weeks without him in what looks now to be a more winnable division than we thought a couple weeks ago? I mean, I absolutely. I guess I haven't looked Yeti. at the schedule. That's me not being as prepared. Maybe somebody can nope, do that can look it up now and, and help us out. I think that they have enough talent to look at the brown Browns. Yeah, they have enough they got, talent to pull right. it together. Oh, Panthers, Panthers, Steelers, Titans, Chiefs, Browns. Bucks, Here's what freaked me out, though. Uh, so Adam Schefter was on NFL Live when this news broke, and the words he was using: indefinite, fluid. Maybe we're not words you want to hear coming from Adam Schefter's mouth when he talks about an injury. No, no. Yeah. I mean, I guess I mean the nightmare. If, well, if he can come back and he's full strength, they could certainly survive that. I mean, it's not a gauntlet those games and be in position, especially depending on what the Ravens uh, end up doing for the for that same stretch. So I don't think it's completely over to them for them. But given the context that Mina just offered. He, if he does come back, he may not be the same, and he is the focal point. He's like when we do game planning defensively, the defensive coordinator will like, this is what we got to stop, and every every defense we put in is predicated on where this guy is. He's that guy. So the guy, the right. teams that they're playing in the coming weeks are overjoyed that he won't be there. Yeah. Yeah. This is now. A, this is also a new phase for Joe Burrow, right? He's had him since college. Yeah. This is now the it. Or no, it's the, oh, Jamar is not down there, <laughs> yeah. you know, somewhere. Oh, gosh. It's a pivotal stretch for Jim, for um, Joe Burrow. We might yeah. say he's a bum, and he's all constructed by Jamar Chase. <laughs> okay, let's move on. I mean, or it could be the T. Higgisons. You never know. Um, but I want to ask you guys about an offense I'm really excited about, and that's the 49ers who are playing the Rams this weekend. And this should be Christian McCaffrey's first game as a full-time player on this team. How do you expect the 49ers offense to look this week and moving forward? 
For the Pack House audience, Mina was already making faces yeah. at the question. I want to know why. Let's get to her no, as quickly well, as possible. Well, you said the, the, an offense that I'm really excited about. I mean, are, are we using those words to describe the, the Niners? I mean, I... Am I am I wrong here? I I, don't, I always feel like I have to tread carefully because I don't want to be seen as a Jimmy Garoppolo hater. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but... Mina, I actually think it's safer over there. Like, I think there are more numbers in the Jimmy Garoppolo hater camp. I think you might get ridiculed for being a Jimmy Garoppolo truther, if uh, if anything. But well, uh, go ahead. They'll look fine because they're playing the Rams. Right. There. They're bad. But I, well, I think more, they always they like have their numbers. The word, yes. yeah, the word. Um, excited is not what Alabaster actually meant. He meant interested. Like, I think that it's possible that you could get some interesting things out of them because, like, Christian McCaffrey feels like the, like, photo negative of Debo Samuel, whereas Debo is a receiver that can play running back. Christian is the running back that can play receiver. And that, mm. like, versatility, positional, like, flexibility is something that Kyle Shanahan always uses where he got fullbacks lined up as, at X and at tight end and moving receivers to the backfield. That'll be interesting. The problem is I think that what McCaffrey offers to them is a pass catcher out of the backfield, which Shanahan did often in um, Atlanta, but hasn't done much since. But he also like challenges you like with wise on the field, which I guess is good when you have a quarterback who's not that great at challenging you vertically. So it'll give them some more and they like to attack the middle of the field with both Debo and Kittle, maybe splitting uh, McCaffrey out. I think the most um, interesting or the most challenging part about this for me, considering from a defensive standpoint, is what personnel groupings do you use against them? Because they're going to have some sort of advantage. Yeah. If they put both Debo and uh, McCaffrey out there and use check, like... <laughs> They yes. they could run well, a, a power eye and like reasonably do that if you come out in in like a dime set or if you come out in in base they could spread you out and, and have mismatches. Yeah, no, I I've been thinking about that too from a defensive perspective, and I think you have to limit what they can do over the air with both of those players. You're going to get gashed honestly by this defense, but better to get gashed six or seven yards at a time and hope that Garoppolo is forced into a throwing position at some point than roll out your linebackers and just get punished by Kittle or McCaffrey. You know, I mean, the like on like, can't you just see Christian McCaffrey like running 34-yard wheel routes over and over and just destroying, li putting linebackers in his... But that's, but that's why I'm excited, though. I mean, it, and it's, by the way, my excitement comes from the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo, anything is possible <laughs> when he plays. But then it's the fact that this skill position group, like if you're into the fantasy football parts of this, like it's insane, right? I mean, what they have around them, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Juszczyk even, even though that's less of a fantasy thing and more of just a real life thing. I don't know if there's a better group of weapons around a quarterback. Is there? Jimmy, What's better than that? I, I just want to dispute the excited about Jimmy Garoppolo because I get where you're coming from that it's exciting because he might throw a screen pass that goes for a touchdown or he might throw an interception. But the problem is he's not Jameis. Like Jameis is exciting because he might hit you with a 45 yard chunk or he might throw an interception. Jimmy's like, I'm gonna hit you for 12 yards or I'm gonna throw a really ugly pass to a linebacker. All of it's boring. I think you meant to say you're excited. If you are Jimmy Garoppolo, oh, then yes. you're very excited. Yes. What a charmed life, <laughs> man. <laughs> Don't you, do you guys have a friend like that who just feels like everything goes, you know, like, just kind of everything goes their way? No? I'm, I right. am that person. 
Yeah, yeah, remember the time Dominique took a porn star out to dinner and no one really made any deal <laughs> no. out of it for years after? No, I told you that story? Yeah. We were <laughs> shocked that, she, Sorry, I mean, a, actress, a, adult actress. Yeah, be respectful. It was in Denver. Mm -hmm. It was a long time ago. I was young. We, we couldn't believe she would go out with a fourth rounder. <laughs> Third round, Mina. Third round, <laughs> compensatory. Day one. Day one. I like to now that they've changed it. So Thursday is the first round. Oh, I'm a day one guy. Anybody ask me when I was drafted? <laughs> first day. <laughs> also, sorry, you describing uh, Christian McCaffrey as the photo negative of Debo really threw me for a loop because you know what photo negatives actually look like when you yes. like. I mean, I just, know exactly geez, what they look like. Yeah. Right. Kind of works. <laughs> yeah, that would, it's like the legendary "What if Michael Vick was white?" You in the <laughs> oh magazine God. cover. One of the you great... guys have seen this, right? Throw it of up. Of course, it's... yeah, throw it up there. I hate that. Just know that the reason this came to be is not nearly as offensive as it now looks. <laughs> <laughs> don't justify. Don't protect them. Just put it up there and let people make judgments about our fine, fine. <laughs> Who industry. do you think white Michael Vick most looks like? <clears throat> Ah, Christian man. McCaffrey. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go with uh, the Zappy Twins up in New England. Mm. Oh my God! They so I was on Sports Center the other day and they put up a little graphic and I was so like I couldn't stop laughing. So I actually took a picture on TV and then I came back on taking this photo, which was incredibly unprofessional of me. <laughs> but you ha but once you see it, you'll understand. Oh. <laughs> Oh my gosh, twins. I'm gonna need you to figure yes, out no, your hand up, is drunk. Yeah, throw <laughs> up. This is why we have the debatable graphics budget and archive. Uh, throw up the image that we asked you last episode to throw up for this very reason. Uh, Not racist. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, one follow-up on, on the 49ers. And that is the NFC is such a non-competitive conference, and the mm. Eagles are the team that we've anointed as the great team, but we haven't not to go full sp sports cliche, but we haven't seen Jalen Hurts do it in the playoffs or do it in high leverage situations. Mm. Do you think this 49ers team, if they come together, can actually compete with the no. Eagles? <laughs> I, don't, I, 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 I just think the Eagles are better. Yeah. I, you can compete. Yeah. yeah I mean, I the mean, defense is really good. So, yeah. Yeah. I guess anything can happen. Anything is possible. Yeah. I mean, that's my, that's my default answer whenever there's this sort of certitude that's being demanded. It's like, yeah, I've seen a lot of things in this weird sport. Yeah. But I mean, I, yes. I wouldn't bet on them, I guess, if it comes down to it, because the question, the, the major weakness of, uh, I guess, weakness, but the, what you would point to is the experience of the quarterback as the differentiating factor. I watched the playoffs last year. I'm not too confident in either of them in the postseason if we're going based on that. So, yeah. I, and if, if we call them a draw, which I think is not true, I think Hurts is better. But if we call them a draw, yeah, Eagles are loaded everywhere else. Mm. Last question. Which QB's teammates have more reason to be upset with them this weekend? Aaron Rodgers is for publicly asking players to be benched for making mental mistakes or Mr. Unlimited Russell Wilson's for stretching and working out for four hours on the team flight to London. We're accepting that that actually happened. We're not. So if that actually happened, <laughs> if that actually happened, I, I think that Russell Wilson is the answer. Like, what are you doing? We have rehab time. Is you go rehab there. Don't jump up and down in the aisles while I'm trying to sleep on so, a, so, a so transatlantic flight. This is an important distinction, right? Did he wake up his teammates or not? 
If they remain yep. asleep, are you suggesting that there's yeah. still a problem because it's very look at me and this is unnecessary? Everybody is just... assuming that he woke them up, but like I've actually never been woken up by someone walking up and down an aisle when right. I slept on a flight. It's not that loud. Um, you can, I'm again, actually... fart with impunity and don't wake up well, anybody. You're, you're right. Lots like, of the, things happen on I've, the plane. The Wilson thing is... Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I've never been woken up by someone, a uh, 200-pound man doing high knees in an aisle of an airplane either, Mina. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Um, the Wilson thing is incredibly, you know, cringe and whatever. But for me, I'm just going to say for myself, um, I would be more upset by the Rogers thing because I am uh, an incredible beta. And I would, the Wilson thing, it's like that would be annoying, but it wouldn't be a personal attack. If Rogers is my teammate, I, I would immediately assume it was about me and it would be in my head for the next okay. year, how 10 many, years. How many group chats do you think are on the Packers that Aaron Rodgers is not in? Because I feel like there's a lot of just like, is he talking about us? Is this yeah. about us? Is it about me? Yeah. Just like it, it. So that for so what's what's ironic about that though is that like I don't hate it in this capacity because it's amazing that Aaron Rodgers just says all this stuff. Right. Like it is remarkable. No, I mean, that he I, doesn't keep it private. My it seems like if I'm his teammate, I'd love for him to not say this aloud. I would too if I was the teammate who he's talking about. So the take cycle on this went really fast for me. I went from being offended to like understanding and justifying it, Aaron Rodgers' decision really quickly. And that I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is dumb. And I I've, I've been on teams where guys were getting playing time, like throughout my entire career from high school all the way up, guys were getting playing time and they kept blowing it. And that's really uncomfortable in the locker room. And, and mm. there are group chats in the locker room. Well, we didn't have group chats when I was in high school, but in general, we would talk in the locker room like, man, oh, coach messing up, got to get him on the field. Don't matter how much you're paying him, you got to put in the right guy. And Aaron Rodgers, it seemed like last week, him saying, we got to simplify it, was his nice way of saying that. The week before yeah. that, he was crazy positive. And then he's like, all right, <laughs> I'm done. Sit these bums down. Yeah. So there's a possibility I mean, that there's a contingent in the locker room that's like, thank you, Aaron, for saying what we've been wanting to say. I mean, he's not wrong. A lot of guys made some pretty big mistakes in that game. I, I would argue, though, that um, it was a everybody's focusing on the wrong Aaron Rodgers quote. The much funnier one was where he said his personal quarterback coach said it was his best game of the season after throwing for like eight, four air yards per attempt. That was much more amusing to me personally. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, but um, who, fountain should, of content. who should be mad? His personal quarterback coach for slandering him? Like, <laughs> this guy doesn't know how to evaluate quarterback. Mad. I loved it. Uh, well, you don't know how we sports TV works. Yeah, Somebody's got to be mad. <laughs> We should do that after our show. Ask our see how we. Oh, I gotta ask my personal uh, fake debate show coach. Yeah, <laughs> how I did ask, today. Get Alabaster to grade us. Uh, we're done, Alabaster. We did it. We did it. Yeah, we did. Oh, it. we did it. Give me Great. some confetti. Celebrate, celebrate. Follow us. Debatable. Don't listen to we the podcast. A, we need to reboot these t-shirt companies, though. <laughs>